Holy shit, everybody. I'm back in studio, and it's a week later from that wild fucking episode that I tortured everybody with last last week. But you know what? Seven days later, and it's a whole different world, you know? What does that mean? Does that mean I have... Is that called manic depression? I don't even know. But we are definitely living in different times. Uh, I started a new job today. Um, Yes, I do. I did start a new job. I now teach art during the day at a special needs school. Hell yes, guys. Listen, those are just the facts. So, yeah. So it can't, like I mean honestly like no matter how, like can you I if you I feel like people who are legitimate fans of my work that I've that I've done in my lifetime thus far would also be interested in seeing me teach art at a special needs school. I mean I feel like I'm at least I'm trying to live a funny life. You know what I mean? So I'm super psyched about it and it actually was it actually went great. Like I had a lot of fun and um I think teaching in general has opened up a well of uh positive like a positive behavior in my life, I think. I think that is like good for my soul. That's what I found from teaching over the summer like at the current arts I'm I'm teaching at both places. I um I have this job during the day and then I go to the other art school that I've been teaching at for a while. and um, But anyway, enough about me teaching at a special needs school. Uh, I did drop a crazy bomb on the listening on the listeners last week, and um, I'm not going to not talk about it, but um, I'm not going to go super depressed either. But I'm also, um, I might actually invite a guest of the show to talk about it with me like a, as like a commentary section. But um, everybody, just welcome Spencer Fullerton Baird, everybody. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Caps. Thank you, Caps. And thank you to the listening audience. Yes, it's very nice to be here. And I do have some comments about your performance last week. I vehemently hated it. I'm so sorry to hear that, um, Spencer. I, I'm sorry. But, like, you know... What, what what did you like least about it? Well, I hated that you um that you fell into a pit of despair instead of just turning the 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 show off and then waiting a couple of days until you were out of your your pit of darkness. Yeah, you know that's true, Spencer. I I'll take that criticism, but you know what? I feel like it was. It was go time, and you were nowhere to be found. How come you didn't bail me out of that episode? That's a good point. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that. I don't know. I don't know where I was. Well, yeah, because I, I, you know, honestly, I didn't. You didn't even show up into the studio when I was doing when I was fucking up episodes one through six. You, how come you didn't? How come? What? What do I have to do to have you show up to the show? Well, caps. I think you have to stop and you have to think, can I do this part in a bad British accent s- pretending to be a guy who f- was from Massachusetts in the 1800s? You got me there, dude. You got me there. And that's a little bit of uh, J-Cap's podcast theater on uh, The World According to J-Cap's, which is the name of this show. I didn't, um, I didn't tell anybody that at the beginning of the show. Because, to be honest, I don't even know if I remember how to do podcasts anymore at all. I just, I'm purely winging it and, um, you know, Spencer, that's how I got an ep- I get that's how we got the episode from last week. Indeed. Well, I am coming on not only to criticize that performance, but uh, also to suggest some other things that we could talk about on the show. Oh, so you're going to hang, hang out for a little while? Yes, may I? Is that do I need to ask? I'm here now. Yeah, you're right. I mean, as long as as long as everybody knows that I'm the one who came up with you. 
Yes, I. everyone understands that. They, they feel that they are listening right now to a mentally insane person, which is, I guess, what's this? Is this your new narrative? Uh, no, I mean, I think that people have been doing this for a long time. Anyway, let's, what, are we, what, are, what is the suggestion that you wanted to bring to the show? Well, um, I, you're reading a couple of books lately. Do you want to tell, tell anyone about them? Um, yeah, actually... Uh, we'll review a couple of books. We'll review. It's um. We're gonna write Capsie's books report. This episode, we're gonna talk about. This episode, we're gonna talk about the Overstory again, and we're gonna talk about a new book called Five Decembers that I'm only three quarters of the way through. Okay, cool. So, I'm reading this this sort of wartime mystery book. It's more, it's like a it's like a film noir. It's like reading a uh it's like reading a Humphrey Bogart movie. And in fact, it's like reading a memory of the movie Dick Tracy with Madonna, but in your memory, the characters switch to like all the great actors from like the 30s, like Humphrey Bogart and James Cagney, but you're remembering, you're actually only remembering the Dick Tracy movie from 1990. That's a, that's an excellent, that's an excellent, um, I just like what you just said. Continue. So, um, yeah, so anyway, this book, yeah, it's like set in that time period, and it's about this guy who is investigating a murder, and um, then the they send him, because the murder is a guy who's traveling internationally, he's a detective, so they send him, he, he lives in Hawaii, and they send him to continue the case in Hong Kong, except it's the day of Pearl Harbor. And so he's stuck trying to survive all throughout Asia following this case for four years during the whole entire war. And it's actually, the author is pretty cool. Like he gets, he gets, um, like the whole story is somewhat realistically tied in like, the way he's following the killer and it's connected to the war kind of and like all the people who are involved like actually have uh, ally have people who are on his side as well so he's meeting up with allies in the world to solve the case because the killers had killed um people that they lost as well anyway um like i said it is like remembering dick tracy but with like the old actors, like that's just the feeling that you get. You almost get the feeling of like noir jazz when you're reading it. Um, and uh, it's pretty cool. So I'm going to say five Decembers, if you're a read an ass motherfucker, if you're one of these motherfuckers that can actually read and then be a reading ass motherfucker who can read for a whole book's length instead of being too much of a distracted well i i don't know what word i would use but too much of a distracted person to um to not sit through a whole book um in any case uh yes so i'm going to say definitely um 5 december's ding now spencer you mentioned overstory Yes, yes, this not this extra long novel that you won't shut up about for going on two and a half years. Absolutely, absolutely, and um, I say, uh, like I say, overstory for life. Um, I'm listening to. I mentioned in a haze of depression last week that I was listening to the book on tape about it, but I wanted to tell a little story about the book on tape version, and just. Find like the reason, like it's actually very interesting. I rarely listen to books on tape. The only book on tape that I ever really, really listened to was Norm MacDonald's autobiography, which I said by Norm MacDonald, which I highly recommend everyone who's into listening to things check out because that pot, that, um, it's not a podcast, it's a novel. That's a really good listen. In fact, it gets a ding for sure. Um, but that's read by Norm Macdonald, and it's in his own voice. And I'm listening to this book, The Overstory, which is like a whole world of characters, but they, when you read a book like that, 
the characters live inside of your mind. So I don't know, when you hear a book being read, it's kind of like when you saw a band live and then you hear the recording and it's different, where it's like the live version might be unbelievably vivid and alive, but then the audio version is like perfected in some way. And I think everybody has this feeling either one way or the other. Some people are like, oh, the book, most people say the book was great, um, like of any of any book. They'll, they'll be like, the book was great and the movie butchered it into like a movie form. Like, because movies have like a defined sort of form that plays well to audiences. And it's also basically story structure, but a novel and a movie are two different things because of how long it takes to consume a movie versus the amount of uh, detail and concrete that can be put into a book. Um, you know, a book can take place in like three different lifetimes of people or something like that. Some books start when like they go through generations of people because, you know, you can do whatever you want in books. Anyway, I don't have to, I feel the need to explain what books are to you um, for this for this uh, description. And it's weird because I'm thinking, oh yeah, because anyway, the audio book of this, the lady does all the voices and it's like, you're, you're thinking, you're like, that's not how I present, pronounce it in my head. And you're like, nah, I gave that guy a different voice. Or it's like, how come everybody sounds like that voice that you do? And it's like the, um, it's not the, the person reading the audiobook's fault. It's actually, I think the lady's doing an incredible job and it's really like rocked some of the paragraphs for me. <laughs> Caps, this is very boring. Why don't you go back and think of some ways to talk about, I don't know, dicks or something or, or vaginas or some vulgar thing to mix in with the nerd talk. See, you're just doing nerd talk. Yeah, I know. I'm just doing nerd. Well, you know what, though? Somebody said that I should just do whatever I want. And sometimes that's why I, you know, that's that's why I, I get so fucking self-depressed because you're always telling me all this shit that's like, don't you start blaming on me. If I wasn't around, this episode would tank. That's not true, Spencer. That's not true. Anyway, I'm, anyway, I'm going to actually don't talk for a little while. I'm going to continue to do this part. All right. So anyway, um, the voice actor who does the overstory is, I'm going to say, not bad. She does a pretty good job. She does tend to make all of the characters into, I don't know, not like the be not the most nuanced acting. And this is the other thing that I was going to say. Books don't translate well into movies sometimes. And also, books don't translate well into audiobooks because sometimes the dialogue sounds better read than it does out loud. That's why that's why movies have to be made because they can't just use the dialogue that's written down because sometimes when you read something it's like ah that sounds perfect in my head and then you say then somebody says it out loud and it's like oh my god that sounds horrible. <laughs> That's the stupidest combination of words I've ever heard. But um, that's I'm not saying that about Overstory, but I am saying, you know, Overstory is a book that's pretty awesome because the perspective of it is there's no way that humans will ever see past their own short-sightedness because we experience time at a fast rate where it's like, now, 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 now. And trees, by their very nature, can experience time in 50-year periods, 100-year periods, half centuries, even millennia. Even being alive for a thousand years could be just part of life. And because of that, humans can never actually be good to the environment because all we are is a type of insect that cuts everything down. And like, I got to say that for sure, a little of that philosophy is present in the, like in this, in my spirit. There's a, 
a great stand-up clip that everybody knows, but if you don't know it, um, it's uh, George Carlin, The Planet is Fine. And George uh, Carlin, The Planet is Fine, I heard when I was like 11 years old, and it was profound because I actually grew up at a very young age being very passionate about the environment. I would even say that the fact that I make grading animals and that I made that a thing is a testament to how, I don't know, I just wanted to keep nature in my imagination for as long as possible. Like a lot of the um, the joy of that show is tapping into like joy about animals that I felt as a kid. So, you know, I so, um, yeah, but this perspective about like being that the world of man is its own short-sighted, sh- short-sighted um, suicide mission. That's like very much the way the overstory is. And, um, but in the book, the, um, like, let's say how humans treat the environment is like the fundamental question that sits on the theme of the book, right? And the the two things they juggle is extreme trying to change humans, like trying to like be uh, and like nature activists. And what is the um, what is ac- our actual relationship to the world as like a as a species? And also this other like nihilistic, you know, we are a part of. We are an evolutionary thing that happened, and this is something that our, what humans are, this is what they do, and this is what they've been doing since we evolved to the to the ability to have computers, do podcasts, all this shit, all of the like extreme exponential growth is the most human thing that could ever be, and to deny it is almost denying the truth of human, you could even think of it, because the book makes a lot of harmonic convergences, you can even think about the the Garden of Eden myth and how man, like, destroys nature or, like, you know, nature is fallen is such an old concept about how humankind behaves. But in any case, um, what am I saying? I'm saying that the voice actor... For the overstory, she's okay, but you know what? Some of the stuff she's doing is actually making the book sound stupid. And it's not a stupid book. I love the book. But, um, but you know, some things don't sound as good if they're said out loud as if you read them. And that's just the, that's just the God's honest truth. Um, but all in all, I am enjoying that. Oh, wow. Feels good to, feels good to have told you, told you all that. Um, cool. So, um, yeah, so the other cool thing that happened, and um, don't worry, guys, I'm going to get to the pit of despair, but later on in the episode. Right now, I'm feeling good. Um, Spencer came by to visit. That was great. Uh, but something else that I'm happy about that happened yesterday was um, the Sterable nominated grading animals for uh, best writing. And I'm so proud of it so proud i'm even gonna hit this uh, applause button right here thank you guys thank you i'm i'm honored i like no and honestly and i'm and i'm really grateful to everyone in the grading animals community and even in the mares and caps community and all the people who i've ever met throughout the journey of trying to be a creative person because genuinely i am so happy that i got to make a thing and like you know, I got to, I got the time in my life to focus and create a thing that I don't know. I was I, I was in the zone for, and you know that is like goes back to all the things that I've ever done. Like I got to you know like anytime when even when I was a kid, when I went to like even when I went to BOCES, when when I, like in high school, like all the things that I did in my life leading up to like another like a creative thing. Like I feel so grateful for all the. I don't know for all the people I've known, and uh, and just the just that I have, I'm grateful for my life for my life. Like I I gotta say so so thank you. I'm not 
you know, I'm, I'm, I think we're out of the woods. I think we've gained liftoff, and I, and I'm not like, uh, feeling bad for. And I wonder, is it bad that I, um, that it took getting a job, being able to pay for, uh, my life, and um, having like, something tell me that I was good in a, in a, uh, in a public way? Like, was that is that all I need to, to survive? I would then I'm probably like a like a vain piece of shit, right? But you know what? We already knew that. You know, everyone who is a creative person is is that way in some way. And you know what? Um, it's it's okay. You know what I mean? So I'll give myself a I'll give myself a wrong buzzer. But am I really out of the woods? Probably not. I only had one day of work. I hope that this thing goes good. I'll actually I'll tell you guys about my day. It actually was pretty great. Um, I, uh, I got to my work early. I got to the school early and, uh, you know, I, I got up at like 5.45 this morning. Um, and I took a freezing cold shower and I got ready and I went out and I was, I knew I was going to go to a diner because I wanted to like have a good breakfast before work. And I also was completely out of food in my apartment. I had nothing. So I went out and, um, I've been playing I've been trying to play everything was made last week and last few weeks. I don't know if you could tell, but everything was making me depressed. So I've been trying to like do the things that I like to do. Um, I've been, I've been trying to play this game go, which is a, a very uh, challenging like chess style game with like, it's um it's an old uh, Japanese and Chinese game. And I've been playing it on my phone, but um it's like if I play too much, I get I, it also makes me depressed. So for sure, like I have a problem. But no, so I was playing that this morning and then I got to, I, I like was playing it at the diner. So I've been, you know, uh, being like a little bit of a phone addict. And then I got to the job. And the weird thing was, is I'm a leave replacement art teacher. So the, the teacher um, had gone on maternity leave for the till the end of the year. And so I'm walking into this thing. And when I did the interview, I presented a lesson that I wrote just for the interview. But then when I walked in, I was like, okay, so is there like a curriculum or something like that that I have to follow? And they were like, no, like we we trust you. You can do your thing. And I was like, oh, man, I didn't really prepare a, C, uh, <laughs> what do you call, a whole semester's worth of art classes yet. Um, so I had to like sort of come up with something, uh, on the fly. And it's a good thing that I've been teaching at another school because I have a lot of like art stuff in my head that just ready to go. So I was able to do this one thing all day, but then I was like, fuck, do I have to write a whole damn curriculum? That might be hard. (laughs) But, um, other than that, I think like the day was, um, you'd think, I mean, you, you know, you think, oh, you're going to teach at a special needs school. You think that like you're going to have a lot of funny hijinks, but actually today was relatively mild mannered overall. I, I, what I loved was everyone was super helpful and um, that like there was no mm, sort of, I don't know, like you'd think like, is there going to be an outburst, whatever, whatever. But everyone was pretty cool. One thing that I thought was really funny is this one kid he was doing something awesome. He was going, yeah, he was, the whole class, he was working and stuff, being fine, but he was always like, does anybody want to hear my trumpet? And, like, he said it for, like, 25 minutes, just like, just like, every once in a while, would anyone, does anyone want to hear my trumpet? I, like, and I was like, I didn't know this kid, I guess this kid plays in the band, whatever. And then, like, right before the end of the class, he like ripped a huge fart and then he goes, Oh, I just play my trumpet. And I was like, yo, these kids have a good sense of humor, dude. I feel like, I think I'm going to like working here. So yeah, so that fucking rocked. And, um, what else happened? Yeah, no, I, I'm like kind of psyched about working at a job and now it's, it'll be my thing. It'll be like my day job, which I haven't had a day job since two years ago, almost to the date. The last day job I had 
was working as a photographer at Henry Schein literally until March 2020. So almost to the day we got sent home. In fact, I think tomorrow, the Ides of March, was the day that we all went home from the office. So that is strange and ironic that um, that, that is what happened. And it's, two, it's almost exactly two years later. Um, yeah. One, another weird thing about, um, I don't know, was it, is it weird? I'm trying to, I said another weird thing, but now I'm not sure if I remember what weird thing I was trying to think of. I just am staring at the March 15th, the Ides of March, and like just the number 15, my, my mind went blank. I can't remember if there was another weird thing. Maybe the other weird thing is that itself is the Ides of March. Oh, I remember last year. Last year, I was really going through it. I was really going through it um, last year, like about this day. I was super depressed. Um, you know, this pandemic has been hard on all of us. So, yeah. So, yes, this date is definitely, I guess they're, I guess it's true what they say about the Ides of March. Ides of March is like, you know, pa- pandemic gets you fired one year. Then the next year, it's like, I don't know, the, the, um, the isolation, the isolation of it all gets you down. And then a year later, things turn around. You know, so I don't know. The Ides of March. Has anybody else had a weird, um, a weird Ides of March over the last years? Did you guys also go- have to go home and get your- and lose your jobs two marches ago? It's going to be weird when. What do you think? What do you think? Let's do a poll. Do you guys think that what's going to happen first? Um, the pandemic is going to become as forgotten as 9-11 or we'll get a new pandemic that will kill people a lot faster and then we'll just worry about that one. Um, that I honestly think that the um, that another pandemic is coming and I wonder if it'll follow me around all my life the way the depression followed our grandparents' along with them going around being like, you know, another depression might happen. You never know. You got to be prepared. I mean, a whole generation of people were had that mindset. And then when they died, the younger generation never knew of a depression. So they didn't act with precaution. And that's like just the story of, you know, same thing, like forgetting. Was there a lesson to be learned at 9-11? Well, with any generation, uh, well, What's good is we have the internet to wipe our memories clean. But years ago, we you would have to die. You would have to be a depression era to to die and forget it. Um, I always think of indie music like that um, analogy because I always think whoever was around for the indie music of the time keeps it alive. It's like that. It's like that thing that um, they say like the times you die. It's like you die. Then the people who knew you. You, then that's a second death, and then all the publications that you were ever in or something, when your name no longer appears in any print, that's a death. And I think it's this thing called the three or four deaths. I think the guy who, who came up with that had a couple of other examples of deaths, but um, I can't remember them. But that brings me to another thing that I wanted to talk about on this episode, and that thing is this thing I read that was written on something at school today. Uh, it was called The Four Agreements. Has anybody ever heard of that? The Four Agreements? I'm not going to try to... Oh, let me try to remember what it was. So, the, it was... I can't even remember. Let me, let me do a bad example of, of what it was. The Four Agreements was like, be, be solid with your word. It's like, word is bond. <laughs> That's the first rule of it. So basically, don't go back on your word. And then it's four other things exactly like that. So that's why I'm going to look it up. And we're going to examine this. Because when I was reading on it, I was shocked today to find out the four agreements. I have not been living by the four agreements at all. If you want to know if J-Caps 
is a four agreements guy. Uh-uh. As I learned today, I am the most opposite from a four agreements guy than you could possibly ask for. It's almost as if I didn't even know what the four agreements were my this whole entire life. Because, and we're going to get into it, guys. We're going to get into it, guys, in a section of the show I like to call... I forget what I was going to call it. Damn. Hold on a second. I like to call... What was I talking about just before that? That's the worst part of it. As soon as I turned on the main the main title of Game of Thrones, I forgot what I was talking about. Um, but you know what, dude? Such a bad fuck-up. But am I going to stop the show? Hell no. Um, oh, that's what I was going to call it. You guys, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully everybody has got to the joke already before I said it. But if you haven't, then this is even going to seem more stupid. <laughs> Game of Four Agreements. That's right. I'm going to go through the entire four agreements and see if they're any good. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Game of Four Agreements. You heard it here first. I came up with that just now, just before fucking it up completely. That's what I came up with. Four Agreements. F-O-U-R. And if you just type four into Google, here's what comes up. This is how popular Four Agreements is. Four, leaf, four Seasons is the number one thing. Then, Four Leaf Clover. Uh, then, Fourteenth Amendment. Then, Fourth Amendment. And here, let's just stop for a second. Four Seasons? That's a hotel. You know what? When I worked at Henry Schein, I got to stay at the Four Seasons a couple times. They used to put me up insane places. I mean, really, that was a crazy, decadent job. Um but Four Leaf Clover, everybody knows what that is. It's March. Um, St. Patrick's Day is coming up. So Four Leaf Clover, obviously people are Googling that a lot. That's number two. Number three, 14th Amendment. All right, guys, be honest. Who knows what the 14th Amendment is? And if you say yes and then immediately Google it because you honestly don't know, then fuck you. Stop trying to be a smart guy. I don't know what it is, all right? So... And then the fifth, the fifth thing, one, two, three, the fourth thing, when you just type in four in Google, is four, Fourth Amendment. And again, I don't know what it is, and if you say you do and are going to Google it and then tell me like you knew, then fuck you. If you do that, then just know that you're a total dickhead, and nobody should t- trust you. You're untrustworthy, because you're going to be like, oh, I'm, I'm actually, I know what that is, and then you Google it. Fuck that, dude. I don't know what it is. 14th? 4th? Fuck, I think the Second Amendment is about guns. First Amendment is about that everyone wants to take that, take that away because comedy is not allowed to be funny anymore. Um, and then as far as the amendments go, I think 13th Amendment is they got rid of slavery. And, I, and listen, I'll go on record. I don't think they should have ever done slavery. I don't think it... After looking over the facts, I'm, I'm against it. I don't like it. I think it's horrible. Why why do they always why does humankind always think that's a good idea? Why even now like do people who are slaves have to make our clothing, shoes, phones, um every digital device, um everything that we look at made from China, everyone in a political work camp, how come they have to do that? Why why does humankind never uh stop doing slavery? I if I ran the world, I would say don't do that. That's what I would do. I'd be like, I don't think, I don't want to be, if you, if I have to be leader of the world and I have to condone that shit, well, I don't want that job. Just like I don't want to work at Henry Shine anymore. So, okay, so we haven't gotten Four Seasons Anguilla is the fifth thing. But what are we looking for? Fourth of July baseball is the next. Four Seasons Palm Beach. Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Four Christmases. But you know what hasn't come up yet? Four Agreements. So, Whoever is like big upping four agreements thinking, I'm just gonna let you know, Google doesn't know about it. So let's put this shit in here. Four agreements. The four agreements. A practical guide to personal freedom. By the way, if I put the words four and the letter A, four agreements isn't even the first thing. Four and 20 blackbirds is the first thing. So let's just say that uh, artificial intelligence 
may completely suck, but artificial intelligence is also pretty human because knowing that four and 20 blackbirds is better than the four agreements, four and 20 blackbirds rules. It's a little piece of a song and that's hilarious. And I do like that's the first thing you think of. At least we got this Google machine thinking like a human. Hell yes. So four agreements, let's get into it. Um, uh, what the hell is it? I, I literally, honestly... I guess it's a whole hu- a huge book because I can't even pull it up. Okay, here we go. Um, be impeccable with your word. Sounds easy on paper. Okay, speak with integrity. Um, what does that mean, speak with integrity? Does that mean... Um, what is integrity? Uh, I know that Tegrity Farms is from South Park, but what is integrity? Is that like... I'm a good I don't know what I don't know what integrity is. So I'm not sure that I can speak with integrity. Um the second one is say only what you mean. Okay, this one Who the fuck says only what they mean? You th- who the hell is this guy who doesn't in some situations lie because that's what like it's like come on like I Seriously, I just, I literally just like walked into this job and it was like, oh my God, I have to fucking start working now. And it's like, if somebody asked me, hey, would you rather just somebody give you a ton of money and you can do a crazy show or podcast or something? I'd be like, yeah, dude, I don't really care about teaching that bad, but that would be saying what only what I mean. But no, I have been so super fucking depressed and I have to figure out a way of doing something with my life that also can help me support myself. So I don't do only what I want, and I don't say only what I mean. Um, okay, so so let's say number C is avoid using the word to speak against yourself or to gossip about others. Okay, so speak against myself? That's like all I do. I only speak against myself. It's kind of a thing that's really been working for me most of my life is to have a horrendously cruel inner dialogue with myself and toughen myself up to take the slings that I can throw at myself. So really difficult thing to turn to do a back face on. But then to gossip about others, who among us doesn't like to hear some gossip? I mean, come on, when gossip comes your way, it's, let's call this list the four indulgences. I always want to hear, I, I want to hear a little tiny piece of gossip. I don't want to be a, a fucking clucking hen, but I mean, you know, it's like I'm not addicted, but I'll just, you know, I'll take a hit once in a while, right? So not hearing, not speaking bad about yourself or having gossip, that sounds boring, dude. Okay. So the last part of the four agreements is actually, this is just number one. There's four parts of this because I'm really trying to kill time right now. Um, So the fourth part of the first four agreements is use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. And that I can get behind. You know what I mean? It's about love. You know, power of your word in the direction of truth and love. And I think, honestly, that is something that I try to do. So if I'm one out of four on part one of the four agreements, I mean, I do try to hope to make it up with the truth and love because I do like, I do think I tell the truth and I do think I speak with love. So yes, that one's pretty good. Now, the second part of the four agreements is don't take anything personally, which again, sounds like, what are you, some type of robot? Who the hell doesn't take anything personally? Um... Everything is personal. Like, I personally live in the world. Like, my life is my person, is, is where I get to use my personality. And my personality is, is like personal. So I take things personally. <laughs> when I take things, <laughs> they go through the person first. So I take them personally. So to break that down, I see sights visually, I hear sounds. I guess th- eerily with ears, I, ad- I, I administer food and drink orally. Um, I administer snores snorally. 
Um, you know, I also have a trumpet like that kid from before from my class. I also have a trumpet. Um, so all these things comprise together as taking things and doing things personally. So let's see what, let's see how bad we fail the second part. Nothing. Uh, part one is nothing others do is because of you. Okay. That's true. That's true. I like they, they kind of give you a get out of jail free card. I'll always take a get out of jail free card. Nothing others do is because of you. Wait a minute. Do people, I, I don't think that that's always true. Sometimes people do things because of you, but not, but I don't know. I'm not sure. Just like speak with integrity, I don't know that I can define the sentence. It's like nothing others do is because of you. It's almost like a word puzzle. So it means that if you're doing your thing, if you're, let's say, brushing your teeth, um, you don't brush your teeth because of somebody else. Or does it mean that like things, wait, nothing others do. So things people do like drive a car, like um, just go about their business, like eat dinner. They are not doing it because they're thinking about you. You know, sometimes that's a weird one because sometimes you do things like plenty of times, like I'll be driving and I'll think about like somebody I know and it's like, I'm not driving because of them, but I'm thinking about them, you know, sometimes. So I'm just going to say that one's like a mid one because I'm not sure what it means. Let's just move on. I'm actually going to give it a ding. I think it's good. So the second part of the second part <laughs> of don't take anything personally is what others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream. Yo, that sounds like something I thought of on this podcast like a couple episodes ago. So I like that the Four Agreements is kind of ripping me off. So that's cool. Um, part three of part two is when you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. And to this one, I'm like, shut up, dude. Again, just like not taking anything personally. Like, how are you not going to be, how are you not going to be, how are you going to be immune to the opinions and actions of others? Things people do hurt your feelings. Do you not have feelings? Oh, or you, I know what happened. You're like, you're not in the game anymore. You've figured out a way to protect yourself from the slings and arrows of life. Because as we get older, we tend to not continuously put ourselves um, in the fight. Like, I think what happens is, I think two things happen. Life has a myriad of ways of challenging people. And so if it's not one thing burning your ass, it's another thing. So it's like, it might not be the opinions of action or actions of others that are creating the suffering in your life, but something in the world is making everyone's life one type of hell or another. I don't think, I think the reason why media really tries to sell us this beautiful picture of like an Instagram utopia where everyone's so happy is because it's the simplest, most visual way to advertise that everyone is actually suffering badly. Because the natural state, whether it's other people's opinions or just the trials of life itself, even though humans try to manufacture a safe world that exists on a parallel plane within the wild world that actively is out to kill you. A lot of times, that's, that's this thing where overstory a little bit doesn't tell the whole story. As a person who's now reading it, listening to it all the way through and read it two times, I'm going to say that Overstory forgets a little bit that the elements and nature are trying to kill everybody all the time. And the fact that humans evolved into what we are almost psychologically says that we're going to get killed out in nature. I mean, if you think about the rough history of humankind, it's like they lived in caves, then they were able to figure out how to like make cloth and live in like fucking big rocks even the 
stories in ancient Greece talk about the cave times, right? And we've just successively kept ourselves indoors, having different kings and paradigms of living. And most of the most of the stories of origin from human beings involves with somebody dying on a tree or somebody meditating with a tree or somebody doing something with a tree. All the heraldry, all the flags have some type of tree aspect of it. Um, you know, and but we keep ourselves indoors and Christianity is the most popular religion where it has this idea of a fallen nature. And um the outdoors was a type of suffering that we are now like it's out of our mythic memory. So all I'm saying is that um, the part of this thing of that you're immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. I'm going to say that, you know what, if the things that other people say are hurting you, then feel the hurt and, you know, don't be too uh, beat up by that because something in, in life makes you hurt and we have to feel what we feel. Uh, I was like, actually, last week, as a postscript to last episode, I actually recorded the thing I did outside and put up. But before I put it up, I tried to come here to the studio area in my apartment and record another one. I was going to bury the outdoor one. And I got about halfway and I was like, why the fuck would I try to hide my feelings that I expressed the last episode? I like. Whether I liked it or not, like I was um, open to like just let something out and like let it be. And I and I was like recording this other episode. I was like, I'm gonna hide that. I'm gonna like try to pretend like that didn't happen, even for myself. Like, what is that about? So it's like, you know. And the crux of like what I've been, I guess, like going through, is that I um, have been affected by the opinions and and actions of others, even despite having like a very positive response of my work, it still is a weird thing that I have gone through. Maybe the pandemic um, accelerated by because I've been so isolated. But anyway, I'm going to say part two of four agreements. That's stupid. Don't take anything personally. Impossible. Okay. Number three of the four agreements don't make assumptions. Well, what do you guys think? Don't make assumptions. Another stupid thing. How the hell am I supposed to do improv comedy without constantly making assumptions about every single thing that comes up? You gotta understand, if you ever have a conversation with me, I will only be listening to the words that come out of your mouth for the ways that I can try to make them funny. And to do that, I have to listen to what you say, not just listen, also assume the craziest, stupidest thing about what you're saying. And if I didn't do that, then I don't think that I could ever do anything funny. So I don't like the idea of not making assumptions. But let's go into it. Let's see about the four, the three subsets of it. Okay, find the courage to ask questions, and to express what you really want. Okay, that's not, that's not so stupid. Courage to ask questions and to express what you really want, that's actually some good advice. So, so section A of part three is, is okay. Then B, communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstandings, sadness, and drama. Also. I know you think that, like I said, um, I'm just listening for the stupidest thing, but that actually is pretty good. I do believe in clear communication. Um, I like uh, I like things that also are in detail. You know how people are impressed by detail in sometimes people are impressed in uh, with detail in music, like an intricate like an intricate pattern of notes or like a very precise, persistent beat that requires you to listen closely, or even in rap where it's like you want to hear everything that's said and hear the art of the poem, you know? 
So I love things across the board that have attention to detail. And I think attention to detail is just what this part is about. Clearly communicated as explicitly as you can so nothing is ambiguous. So that one's pretty good. And part C is with just this one agreement, you can completely transform your life. Um, I also, I don't know what that one's about. Like, so wait a second. Is He's basically saying the other two things were good in, the, in that first one. So, um, but the weird thing is, is that don't make assumptions. That was supposed to be bad. I don't think assumptions are bad. And then I read what this number three was about and it was actually good. I actually made an assumption about number three, don't make assumptions. And that was wrong to do. I shouldn't have made an assumption. So four agreements, number three. Now I like that one. All right. Rounding out number four of the four agreements um, is always do your best, which again, on paper sounds great. Um, let's get into it. A, part A, your best is going to change from moment to moment. It will be different when you are healthy as opposed to sick. Holy shit, dude. So, you're saying, like, even if I'm feeling super fucking depressed and um, I think I'm such a loser for, like, talking, like, depressing about my whole life and getting super sad, not even being funny rambling on and on. It's like 20 minutes of just, I'm depressed. I'm still fucking depressed. Did you guys hear that I'm depressed? Like, holy shit, I'm really sad. Um, yeah, my life fucking sucks, dude. I can't, I'm like, I'm no, I'm no damn good. What am I gonna do? Damn. But even that is an element of doing my best and it's okay. Well, I like the sound of that. So... Part B, this part only has two parts. Part B is, under any circumstance, simply do your best, and you will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and regret. So you're saying, if I just do my best, then I'm going to avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and regret. My three best friends, I'm never going to see them again. I could live without seeing regret, but self-abuse is never... I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to go to the the shoreline. I'm going to go to the, the pier and wave self-abuse away on... Uh, he's taking a ship all the way across the ocean. All the way and never going to see him again. Shut up. I'm not... I'm not... I'm not getting on that boat. I'm, I'm going to be here with you on the show just making sure that nothing... That you don't get off track, okay? So, I don't know. Maybe self-judgment can get on the ship. I don't know. I felt like it was a good riff at the time. But you know, the thing about it is sometimes things uh, look better on paper than they sound out loud. 